Yo to the yo, my crazy ant followers. How are y'all doing today? Oh my goodness, we have Scott All the Coffee coming on the podcast. Yes, Getting man. a little crazy. Dude is killing it right now in the outpost, yeah. man. I mean, huge success over the weekend for them, which is funny to say with the box office being the way that it is, but huge success. People wanted to see this movie and they found a way to do it, so that's awesome. Dude, yeah, it's amazing. And I, I love when he's actually talking about getting prepared for this character. I yeah. know we cut a sound and a lot of you probably heard over social media how he felt about the character and wanting to do it right and i just love the passion and motivation he had behind like his motives because like he just cares he cares so much and i mean of course because he comes from a legendary acting family exactly so of course and i like him when he talks about that you guys are going to really love this it wasn't just handed to him because he is hollywood royalty yeah he had to earn this and he talks about that and that's really cool you guys are going to love this interview i agree man I agree, but that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 120. That's a big holy moly. Dude, it's crazy. 120. It's just absolutely insane. I know. Just knocking them out. Boom, 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 boom. Like, like I know we said this on the State of the Company address, uh, if you watch that, but thank you guys so much for sticking around. (laughs) Because we went back and we were listening to like old episodes, like year one, like month one, week one. Like, ooh, it was rough. So, (laughs) yeah. Woo. How, how you guys were even like, these guys are boring. I know. Like, I mean, you know, we're not, but we just, I don't know what it was. We just, we, we, we had to find our, our, yeah. I don't know. I said it in the state of the union, I guess, or the state of the company, the state of the union. State of the I union. too am running for president. Right. Fuck you, Kanye. Right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just, um, we had to find our personality, exactly. you know, I mean, and find a groove and just get into it. And I think once we did, once we just threw the rundown out and said, let's just be us, exactly. that shit took off. Exactly, so. man. I mean, just finding our on-air personalities, it's really just like five clicks above our regular personalities. <laughs> but I mean, it's just so fun. It's so fun cutting off the dead weight and I mean, just rocking and rolling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing yeah. what we have to do to keep this magic alive and ho ho it's great oh <laughs> man and i'm i'm really excited because you know coming up in industry news we actually have a lot of disney news yes the, the past couple weeks we've been like where is disney yeah That's, man you know we love the house of mouse I mean, and, yeah. and we're like where are they but we got some news this week exactly of course hbo the you know the bunny's not gonna have that because no, he, he boy lots of as you can see, yeah. up front, exactly. A lot of Batman news. Yeah, a lot of Batman. We're quite news. diverse. If you see Warner Brothers, DC, <laughs> and I got my Mickey's out here with a little Star Wars. It's true. So I, I I feel like I really feel like we should we should get a Bugs. I know. They, I mean, they had Daffy and Bugs at our local Funko store and, and the other day. Tasmanian like, Devil. Yes. And like, there's a bunch of Warner Brothers so ones. And my favorite, if I'm going to get one, you know, of course I want Bugs, but Marvin the Martian. Yeah. Marvin yeah. the Martian has always been my favorite Looney Tune character. Yeah. I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And then, of course, <laughs> your host with the most talking all these Funkos. You already know myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Yeah, buddy. Oh, my goodness. Like he said, we're talking Warner Brothers. We're talking... Disney, we're talking freaking Amazon, we're everything basically, yeah, even Quibi. Oh, they might and not. Quibi uh, yeah. and, and 
Sony had some news that wasn't Holy Spider-Man. Shit. Sony had some news that Holy wasn't Spider-Man. Crap. Although it was a pretty big news. Yeah. yeah. It's not Spider-Man, but it's a significant name. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to find out yeah, who we're talking definitely, about. Definitely, definitely. But you know, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media well, look gear. That's, look at the shirt. Look at that. It's so good. It's so freaking good. Exactly. Old school. Exactly. <laughs> Whichever you prefer, the black, the white, white. you can get the hats. I mean, we're putting new freaking merchandise up there every single week. So be sure to check out next week because we're pretty sure we're going to have our honorary Crazy Ant Media freaking uh, shirts up there. And you can get yourself an honorary Crazy Ant shirt. Yeah, because uh, you want to be an honorary Crazy Ant. I mean, of course. I mean, who doesn't? Of course. Basically, all of our guests are. So it's great. It's great. And I mean, it's getting close, guys. It's getting close. Uh, I mean, of course. You got the Starbucks coffee. Excuse me. I haven't had enough coffee today. So you guys know me. You guys know. You guys know. I just didn't want to look rude. That's why. Don't don't mind me. He's going to tell you what's coming. And then I'm going to drink. Exactly. Let him drink for a second. But guys, Rebecca Kennedy is about to come back on the show because it's about to be time. It's about to be time. This guy over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, forever we, does. Yeah, like every what ten episodes? It's like seven episodes now. Uh, like, yeah, some she's, shit, she's, like, yeah, she's coming on more and more often, and you know why? Because she co-hosts now exactly. sometimes. So we're hoping we're hoping that that'll be the case this time. You know that she'll co-host with us. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Super but, excited. And here's the crazy part: nine. It will be her ninth appearance. She's about to cross into double digits, yeah, y'all. She's getting real. Absolutely she- bonkers. <laughs> Absolutely freaking bonkers. But let's get this thing started, man. Let's get this thing started. I'm sure everyone has freaking watched Hamilton over this past week. Dude, like, honestly, might be my favorite musical now. And I'm a huge musical guy. So I'm very, like, this thing was amazing. I cried, like, at least three times. I'm just saying. And like, if you haven't seen this yet, sign up for Disney Plus and check this out. And Look, I mean, so many people have signed up for Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, it's worth it. It was worth signing up. They don't give you the free trial anymore. No. But it's worth signing up. And yeah, like you said, a shit ton of people. Was it successful? Releasing it on the 4th of July weekend, first of all. Dude, Brilliant insane. move by yeah. the Mouse House, okay? Exactly. I mean, globally downloaded 513,000 times. Yeah. And, and freaking just uh, 266,000 in the u.s alone yeah and the three prior weeks to that it's up 47 percent yeah higher than the three previous weekends before that and i'm guessing all of them once they realized what was on there yeah the 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 documentary about the making of frozen 2 the documentary about the mandalorian all of the the um spider-man and, and marvel movies and all the star wars i bet they're like so good okay we're keeping it yeah so i mean you know that conversion rate after signing up for hamilton is probably gonna be huge it's only like seven or eight bucks guys exactly it's really freaking exactly. working especially if you have little young running around like it's just so good yeah so freaking good but yes hamilton was great too so y'all need to go check that out um now i mean this is really interesting because i mean you know everybody's really into the live action remakes of the uh, animated stories and the latest one at least in our news is jude law is in talks to play captain hook and disney's latest live action one uh peter pan yeah now i know what you guys are thinking wait they've done live action peter pan but it wasn't disney it wasn't it wasn't disney uh this is an actual disney film yeah. taking taking the peter pan animated film and making a live action version out yeah. of it like they've been doing with all of their animated films and for anybody who doesn't know by the way disney's animated peter pan is still the most successful version of peter pan to ever hit it's the screen. so good 
good. So how um, can it not be? Yeah, and apparently a lot of big names passed on this before they got to Jude Law. Uh, Will Smith, Ryan Goss, a bunch of people Shit. that they offered it to that said, eh, "We're not sure," but. Jude Law was smart, right? Jude Law's like, no, I've been in the Marvel machine. Yeah, I know, exactly. I know Disney. I'm, I'm saying yes. And which it really doesn't make sense because you got some mega heavy hitter like Hollywood royalty fucking playing Captain Hook, especially that role in particular, like Dustin Hoffman, Jason Isaacs, and most recently the man himself, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, so I guess maybe they were a little gun shy because uh, I mean Hook. With Dustin Hoffman, you know, uh, yeah, way back Robin with Williams, and, Robin yeah. and Julia Roberts, that one was pretty successful. That yeah. was a Spielberg outing. The other two, though, were kind of like mm, yeah. eh, subpar at the box office and critically panned. So yeah. maybe that's what's called, you know, maybe. I, I, I mean, mean, people are a little scared of the role, so they don't they don't want to have that attached to an, that name. But I understand that. But right now, I mean, Disney's killing it with their live action, they so are. it really doesn't make much sense to me. The only one they kind of took a little dip on was freaking Dumbo and maybe Mulan. We'll see how that turns out, but I wouldn't blame that on Disney. No. I blame that on fucking COVID. COVID, exactly, so. exactly. And we talk about this every week, right? The biggest competitor. We we talk about WB. You know, they they finally have turned their shit around, so yeah. they're they're back. They got really their shit together. Punching exactly, punching it out with the mouse, right? But prior to that, the big one going back and forth, you know, you've seen our little graphics with the boxing gloves and everything. Netflix. Yeah. Well, we told you a couple weeks ago on the show, Netflix had done a deal for with uh, Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah, and Ava well, DuVernay, Disney's like, yeah. whoa, 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 hey, we can't let you guys have that. We can't let you steal the thunder. Disney's now signed a deal with Colin also. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the, that one was Ava DuVernay, right? Right. About his life. And yep. this one specifically with Colin Kaepernick. Exactly. Which is fucking epic because, I mean, creator himself. And he's got his own media company, Raw Vision. Yeah. I mean, they signed an overall first look deal with the Walt Disney Company. And a partnership will focus on telling scripted and unscripted stories that will explore race, social injustice, and the quest for equality uh, will provide new platform for like all the black and brown creators, directors, producers, and I'm super excited because apparently he's literally going to make content for all, all of, of Disney's platforms, platforms. Yeah, like uh, not just the sports channels, no. like all of them. So that's really cool, you know. And and true, he'll be narrating the project yeah. with a- Ava, and he was involved in the making of yeah. it and all that kind of. But this is just like him full out making the content. Exactly. So yeah, this is going to be really cool. Super excited about that. I mean. Proven example right there. Disney's like, all right, we're hiring black, black creators. So we got you. We got you. So go you. True. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Matthew Weiner. Weiner. Okay. Yeah. You guys know the name? Matthew Weiner? Mad Men. Mad Men. If you don't know Matthew Weiner, you know Mad Men. That's his baby. That was his show, right? Well, he's back. He's oh, developing oh. a half hour series at FX. We don't know what it's about yet. It's being kept under wraps, right? But it's described as a mystery drama. Ooh. Ooh. And he's going to be writing the series, and it will executive produce and direct it. All right. Now, all I'm saying is, guys, you saw Mad Men. Yeah. That thing exploded. We just talked about all these deals that were being made to get it again, to stream it everywhere, right? That's how popular it was. So you know this is going to be a hit. That thing launched a ton of stars. A ton of big-name stars were on that show. They wanted to be on that show and make appearances on that show. I'm going to get the same vibe, I think, from this one. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to see some people launched, and we're going to see some people be like, I got to be on that show. Yeah. So uh, good for him, Matthew Weiner. Good for you. Good for uh, you. Disney, man, just locking them down. Right? Getting creators and locking them down, man. I know. I know. But, I mean, the, uh, 
<sighs> ABC, fucking fuck. Why? 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 Just reboots after reboots, man. I mean, we are in the day and age of the reboot and streaming wars. So yes. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But get this. ABC has landed a pilot production commitment to a Wonder Years reboot. Yeah, that's right. Kevin and Winnie. Yeah. Kevin and Winnie, the Wonder Years. Yeah. You, you guys know. Why? 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 Mm-mm. Okay, there's there's no need for this. Mm-mm. They're trying to do a spin on it. This time it's going to be told. It's going to be set in the same era, the yeah. '60s. But this time they're going to try to do a spin on it. It's going to be told from from a black perspective, and it's going to follow the a, fa- a black family growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, mm. and trying to show why they also had the Wonder Years, even in the the tough civil rights era and and all the stuff going on and stuff. Like that's great. I think that story needs to be told, but that could be told without having to reboot Wonder Years. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Like, like I don't <laughs> I don't understand why it has to be a reboot of Wonder Years, but Fred Savage pitched it. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking, what did the original Wonder Years gang think? He pitched it. Yeah. So he's a part of it. Lee Daniels is attached to it. He's going to executive produce it. Um, so... I just I don't know. You know our feelings on reboots. Yeah. And if you're gonna do a reboot, I like revivals better than reboots. Yeah. Like I would have been okay. Say Kevin and Winnie are are grown adults now. Maybe they adopted a black child and we're going through everything that they have to go through and what the difference is between coming up as a black child in today's society and all of the issues that's going on and, and what African-American people are, are going through these days. I think that would have been a far better story to tell than because Kevin and Winnie, you know, they were the middle class every, you know, right. per, kind of perfect family in the, in the sixties and, you know, just coming of age angst stuff, but nothing real dramatic. Right. Yeah. What better way than to say, hey, when we were coming up, we didn't have to deal with this. You're going to have to deal with this and kind of tell that story that way. Yeah. Just, I, just my opinion. Ju- yeah. My opinion is this is a really weird time period and place to hold this reboot. Like, first of all, Deep South, Alabama is not the nicest places, especially in the 60s towards African-American people. Like, I I don't know, man. My, my theory is that they're going to show this and they're going to think everything – like, they're going to show that the family is all like, yay, happy, happy. But that's not how it was, I feel like. Not to say that there weren't happy African-American families during the 1960s in Alabama, but – that was a massive point in time, like you said, the civil rights movement, and just I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I just, guys, I just think it's going to shy away from the main issue. Montgomery, yeah. I mean, Bloody Sunday. Just, just think about all the stuff that happened in that area during that time, and it's not just during that time; it's even now. It, yeah, most exactly. recently in my head, I can think of Just Mercy. And Just Mercy was set, what, 80s, I think, 70s yeah. or 80s. But even then, 20-plus years after the 60s, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character is driving down the road, and he's driving through this one neighborhood where it's all pretty lawns, and they're cutting it, and there's nice houses. But to get to where he was going in the African-American uh, uh, community, it's dirt roads, and they're broken-down, shagged-up houses, and, exactly. and, like, you know, because they're separated. Guys, that's still Alabama. Exactly. I, I'm sorry to tell you, but they are still separated. Yeah. Okay? And and so I don't know, man. I hope that this works for them. I hope they can kind of put this out there in a positive light and show some positive stuff and say – I get the message. I get that even through bad times and ugliness and hate, we can still show hope and happiness and joy. I, I think that's the message they're going to try to convey with this show. 
Uh, like I just don't think it was necessary in a reboot yeah. of an old show. I yeah, just... it's a weird one, man. It's a weird one. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> but, I mean, who knows when it's going to air? Who knows? I mean, more shit might happen where it might not air. We don't That's know. That's true. So, I mean, they've given commitments and then not gone forward. Exactly. So who knows? Exactly. It's going to be interesting. But uh, I'm excited about this next one because I'm a huge uh, Lucy Liu fan. Yeah. And yeah. she's badass. I haven't seen her in anything. Well, that Netflix movie about two years ago. Yeah, and she was but, in what? Sherlock. That show about Sherlock on CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, she but, was Doc Watson. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know. <laughs> it's set to star in ABC's Untitled Workplace comedy uh from better with you creator shiana uh, goldberg mihan yes uh this comes after abc revealed that the pilot was one of five that in- it intends to film in the current batch of pilot orders and that's what you were just talking about when they give a commitment but then might not necessarily go forward with it exactly. remember they gave a commitment to 10 guys they're only doing five yeah and this was one of them luckily but you know so there you go that's what you were talking about so yeah and, you know, you know, I mean, like you said, they, these are in the batch. Let's see what happens. Let's. Uh, there's so much up in the air right now. It's an interesting concept. I'll say that. Yeah. Apparently, Lucy's going to play a fierce and powerful head of a successful furniture company. Mm. And she's a force unfamiliar with failure. But then she adopts a baby's ill-prepared for parenting and feels a complete loss as to how to succeed at it. All right. So, you know, that's... There you go. I mean, you know. Workplace comedy right there. So, you know, and I love that. I love the approach of you're a kick-ass, successful woman. You're doing everything right. You've never really suffered any kind of a setback. So you think, what's parenting? I could be a mom. No. No. So, uh, and Lucy Liu, I think, will be hilarious yeah. in that. So, good. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited about For that. For sure. And I mean, they're doing other amazing things, too. I mean, two time Oscar winner and star of FX's Hulu's Marvelous, or Marvelous. I'm so <laughs> obsessed with Marvelous Miss Maisel. Miss America, Kate Blanchett, uh, Blanchett however, yes. Yes. Uh, has signed an executive first look deal with FX Productions through her company, Dirty Films. Yes. Uh, the agreement covers scripted and non-scripted uh, programming and effects and potentially other divisions of Walt Dil- uh, Disney Television as well. That's cool. Because yeah. and, and, and this show is coming off some huge ratings right now. It, it is. got a renewal, and so it makes sense that they would lock her down to a deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's Kate Blanchett. I mean, Kate Blanchett kicks ass. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to lock her down. There's a reason she got two Oscars, okay? Exactly. You know, if you can keep her in the TV fold, keep her in the TV exactly. fold. That's all I'm saying. Keep yeah. it there. Keep it there. Utilize what you got. Oh, mm. man. Now it's time. Now it's time. Yes. The Batman news. I didn't have my my balloon. You didn't. You didn't. Damn. Missed out. Missed out. But Batman is one of several films and television productions that have been given the green light to resume filming soon. Yes. So excited. So excited. Apparently, remember we talked about Tom Cruise getting that little waiver yeah. from the quarantine or whatever for Mission Impossible? Well, the Batman is in on that too. Apparently, the UK government announced that they're going to have a limited number of essential individuals working on major productions. And this exclusive group is going to get a waiver from the 14-day quarantine mm. as long as they strict to the strict guidelines of bubbled environments and distancing on set and all that kind of stuff so 
real soon we're going to see the Batman go back into production. Yes. Um, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Jurassic World's already gone, and we're going to talk about that. But And then, like we said, Mission Impossible and stuff. But the Batman is the one we're really concerned about because that thing started. I mean, it was it had been filming for like nearly two months before it got shut down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for COVID. So they're, they're, in essence, jumping back into it, not just getting started, but jumping back into something that they had been filming for two months. And I mean, everybody was so excited when they saw the on-set pictures of the freaking the motorcycle and the stuntman oh, yeah, and man. like what the Batmobile might look like. Like I'm super excited. Yeah, the totalitarian look that they've got going on, you know, the kind of grounded. I mean, the Batmobile looks like a muscle car. Yeah. Looks like a, you know, a souped up Mustang or exactly. something. It's badass, okay? And, we, and we've heard Zoe Kravitz talk about her Catwoman is going to be yeah. like in a leather jacket and like, I think this thing is going to be freaking epic. So excited. So excited. I mean, everybody's so excited, obviously, because even the director has built up enough steam to where he has now signed an exclusive multi-year overall deal with Warner Brothers Television Group. Under the overall agreement, Reeves, Matt Reeves, if y'all don't know, uh, will develop new (laughs) television programming for all platforms, including the streaming service, HBO Max, Broadcast, Premium, and Basic uh, Cable Network. Yes, and and, okay, here's some breaking news, and here might be why he signed that deal. Because apparently... That TV deal includes something already in the works. Yeah. HBO Max has given a series commitment to an original DC drama set in Gotham City's police department oh, shit. from Matt Reeves. <laughs> right so, there. Ding, 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 ding. All right. And here's the crazy part, guys. And this is the part I'm really freaking excited about. Okay. Are you ready? The series is set in the same world as the Batman film because their goal is they're going to launch it across multiple platforms and create a new universe in this Batman world. All right. So there you go. Exciting stuff. And now it begs the question though, now because we know that that J.J. Abrams is kind of like, it hasn't been officially said, but we we all kind of see it based on what we've been reporting that he's kind of overseeing the DC stuff. Right now at Warner Brothers, yeah. okay? We know Berlanti's got the Arrowverse. We know J.J. is developing stuff for HBO Max with Green Lantern and all these. Are those going to be the platforms? Because I feel like Robert Pattinson's Batman is that age, yeah, that kind of that right there, to where he fits right into the Arrowverse. Yeah. He's like that guy. You know what I'm saying? So could we see a potential crossover with those universes? Is that the platform that he's talking about that it's going to be spread out on? Be badass. Because if you merge somehow this new Robert Pattinson Batman universe with the Arrowverse, holy fuck. Yeah. Right. It would be epic. <laughs> They're trying to bring it all together, guys. Trying I, I to bring mean, it all together. I hope so. I hope so because Marvel tried and they should have done it with the Netflix stuff. So now if if Warner Brothers can figure that shit out and merge their Arrowverse with a filmverse that works, what? Be insane. Just saying. It would be epic. And then like the – for what we've been reporting on the past couple weeks, where does that leave Michael Keaton's Batman? I mean, they're still going forward with the Flashpoint, we think. So, who knows, man? Warner Brothers is like got but, all this shit. But again, though, remember, Michael Keaton's Batman is canon in the Arrowverse. Yeah. They made that clear in Crisis. So maybe that was another hint at we're going to merge these universes maybe. on all these platforms and they they are all going to exist in one film television yeah. universe. If that is the case and you can have multiple Batmans and multiple things because we know the multiverse exists now with Crisis. Yeah. 
And oh my god, dude! I, I don't. Need, I would be like just as a comic book nerd, Jonesing. Right, I would be like, just like going nuts if this happens because it would be epic. Well, I mean, they did make the connection. They did make the connection between film and television with Ezra Miller's uh, Flash and Crisis. Exactly. So. so they've linked old school Keaton Batman with Crisis. They linked, like you just said, Ezra's new DCEU with Crisis yeah. and the Arrowverse. And now they're talking about Matt Reeves coming into a TV universe. You know, Batman's coming into the TV. It might be all connected. All connected. It, oh my gosh, it would be so epic. So freaking epic. And I mean, we finally got the news, guys. Some epic news. Speaking of epic, epicness, uh, Batwoman has cast the new lead, Javika Leslie. You might yes. know her from uh, God Friended Me. Yep, yep. Yeah, another Berlanti uh, production. So, I mean, it's only right that she come over to Batwoman. Uh, she will be succeeding Ruby Rose, who exited the role after season one. We all know, couldn't handle the pressure. Couldn't handle the pressure. Literally. And we're not dogging her. She literally yeah. said that. She just didn't realize what she was signing up for with all the crossovers and all the crazy, you know, stuff that was going on. I mean, it is pretty intense. It is. So it is. You, you got to be prepared for it. You got to be prepared for it. But uh, Leslie confirmed to play the new character named Ryan Wilder uh, to make her debut in the iconic Cape and Cowl. Yes. Uh, when Batwoman returns to the CW for its second season in January. Uh, Batwoman producers and Warner Brothers Television and Brilliancy Productions did not look far to find the new lead as we said came from god's friend and me and i mean this is this um the storyline where she's coming from, she used to be like a drug runner that yeah, was being yeah. chased by Gotham PD, and like it kind of sounds a lot like fucking what's his face, Red Hood there. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Jason Todd's yeah. version of of Robin. Yeah, but I like this. She's living in her van. Yeah. She's not a, a trust fund kid. She's no. not part of the Wayne fortune, Mm-mm. you know, kind of a thing. So um, I really like this, and you know, we already know Luke Fox plays a a, a significant role in the Batwoman series, right? Yeah. Lucius Fox's son. I can see this totally going in. You know, at some point in the comic books, Luke Fox becomes Batwing. Yeah. Um, not Batwing like, you know, goofy Batmite kind of like – like like <laughs> yeah. Batwing, like a Batman Nightwing kind of badass dude, right? So I can totally see that playing out now with, with an African-American Batwoman and then Luke Fox as an African-American Batwing. I can see that team up happening somewhere down the line in Batwoman and I think it would be epic. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. And they defined it as not your stereotypical – all-American hero. And plus, um, Ruby Rose went to Instagram to congratulate her. She's she super excited to see what she does with the character. So I'm glad to see there's no turmoil or animosity there because, I mean, everything just needs to be good. just yeah. needs to be good. Yeah, and so all the haters back off. Yeah, exactly. Because there was a lot of hate, too, about a black Batwoman. It's like, why not? Why not? Exactly. Why the fuck not? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, come on. Exactly. There's no place for hate, man. Exactly. And and okay, even more so, combined world, right? HBO Max. Everything kind of moving to HBO Max. DC. Woo! Stargirl. Have you guys been watching that, by the way? Epic. I am freaking loving Amy Smart, Luke Wilson, Breck Bessinger. They're all just kicking ass, right? Yvette Montreal. They're, they're all phenomenal. I love the story. It got renewed. No, yes. surpri- no surprise there because no. it has been kicking ass. So renewed for a second season. Bad news for DC Universe fans. Mm. Who, I'm talking about the streaming service. It's not going to be on there anymore, guys. Yeah. It's strictly going to CW now. It's going to be a CW original series. It's going to plop into the Arrowverse, I'm guessing, even though it takes place in a different 
you know, Earth. Yeah. But we, they've already established in the yeah. Arrowverse there's multi-Earths. Yeah. Supergirl's on a different Earth than Flash and blah, blah, blah. So, um, but I like this. And then, so then my question becomes, because we, like we said, they've already established that they're working on a Green Lantern series and they're doing all this stuff. Will this in, uh, inevitably become a crossover with the rest of the Arrowverse or Matt Reeves' Batman-verse? Like, can we call it Batman verse? We right. just made it up. Like we Batman just verse. Batman verse. Um, Batverse. Bat the ba- Batverse. Bat <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna coin it for you, Matt. Call us. Exactly. You know, it's gonna be great. Exactly. Is it is it is exciting? But I mean, it, it's also troublesome and worrisome because what happens to the streaming service? What happens to I, DC? Like, I mean, the only original show that's gonna be still on there is Titans. And, and now, I mean, uh, get this: I'm hearing a rumor that there's gonna be maybe a shift in Titans to HBO Max. Max as well in a worked out deal with Netflix mm. because Netflix, if you guys don't know, carries Titans internationally, yeah. and apparently it's huge for them. It's one of their highest rated watch shows internationally. So I'm hearing rumors that they might lock that deal internationally and do work something out with HBO Max when it makes the shift to HBO Max. Mm. So. But not all bad news, though, for DC Universe, because as you guys know, they also have all of the comic books, yeah. like literally all of the comic books from the DC publishing unit on there. You can read through. Plus, they have like these fan shows that, that talk about the DC Universe and all the characters and the comic books and everything. I'm hearing that the, the price might drop and that DC Universe will strictly become that your place to go to read all the comic books or find all the comic book information and watch the fan shows. Yeah, that makes so, sense. That makes sense. Marvel has their own platform where they have the, all the comic books and stuff like that too. But, I mean, it was just so cool what they started out to be and then kind of got diluted because of HBO Max, which kind of sucks, but it's kind of cool at the same time. As exactly. long as they still have all of the old content and put it up on HBO Max, like uh, Mark Valley's show and Constantine. Exactly. And, like, all the old ones, like fucking... Even Justin Hartley's Aquaman, like, you know, like, and Arrow, like, Smallville, put all that up there. Yes, yes, and yes. There's no Arrowverse without Smallville, remember that. And yeah, I love that you brought that up because a lot of people don't know. Justin Hartley, this is us, Justin Hartley, you know, Kevin, yeah, uh, Yeah. was Aquaman. Yeah. Before Jason Momoa was Aquaman, they tried to do a spinoff of Aquaman on the CW, and when it was still the WB, they passed on it. I was disappointed because you can find this on iTunes, guys. Go watch it. It's a great show. Yeah. It, it's got Lou Diamond Phillips in it and Ving Rames, and it's like a great cast. Well, if you sign up for DC Universe, you can watch it there too. That's true. Like, that's true. And it's so good. It's so – just check it out. Check it out. Exactly. You'll, you'll exactly. But HBO is also doing some pretty cool things. They're trying to stay like relevant. Well, I mean, of course they're relevant right now. But they're trying to build <laughs> up their content. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, they have ordered a 12-episode animated series based on Oscar winning animated short film uh, Hair Love from yeah. its writer director Matthew A. Cherry and Sony Pictures Animation uh, Young Love uh, the 2D animated series will explore family dynamics through the young black uh, millennial family and just you know I mean it's all about trying to understand everyone yeah, so I'm I excited mean, the short film was phenomenal yeah. guys Love Hair it was all about like the, the, the differences that a young black girl was going with her hair you know and, the, and the, how it was different from the white kids and their hair and how the the different thing obviously won the oscar you know i mean it was a brilliant little telling of that and so this is just going to expand on her whole family and all the stuff that she kind of goes through 
beyond the hair. Yes. So, you know, makes sense. I, I like this idea. I think it's good. I do too. I do too. And I also like that the next one they're doing with HBO Sports, they're currently in production for a two-part documentary series yes. entitled Tiger, a freaking documentary about Tiger Woods' journey through success, scandal, injury, and one of the most amazing comebacks in sports true. history. Uh, this is going to air December 13th and, and on uh, December 20th on HBO. It will be also available on the streaming service HBO Max. So It was one of the most epic comebacks ever. It was. I mean, Nobody was went, expecting that. No, that dude went through some shit, man. All the injury stuff and then all off the personal stuff and like just like – all the craziness. Nobody, I don't think anybody, like you said, expected him to put that green jacket back on. No. So when he did, it was epic. Lost all of his endorsements. Like yeah. Nike dropped him. Like Gatorade dropped him. Like it's insane. It, yeah. It's absolutely insane. Now they're all back. Exactly. And he's, he's on top again. Well, I mean, it just proves that we're all human. We exactly. all make mistakes. But, I mean, it's what we do with those mistakes and how we capitalize on the opportunities that we are given and where we come out of that. So. That's it. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, man. Exactly right. Yeah, but now heading over to CBS Viacom. Um, still kind of mad at CBS because they are by far the most shadiest corporate television company, I believe, in my opinion. I mean, we we talk about the whole Les Moonves thing, how they're still kind of paying him under the table, got him set up in his own, like, penthouse office off Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. Sunset Towers or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's fucking stupid. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I was hoping that when Viacom came in, like they could fix all that. They said they were going to. Yeah. They cleaned house. They made this big deal about how they were pushing Moonves out and like, but they still haven't gotten rid of a certain individual who leads a certain show. Yep. Who admitted to everything. It's on tape. It's caught there, and they made the payout to pay off the actress. Still there. It's fucking still stupid. there. And you uh, all know who we're talking about. Exactly. <coughs> Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Bull. Um, yeah, bull. That show, bull. Um, Bull. Bull. Um, Oh, my goodness. But they are making some moves, okay? They have fired Peter Lenkoff. Um, He is the showrunner and executive producer behind CBS, uh, MacGyver, and Magnum P.I., and was for Hawaii Five-0. Apparently, this guy has been just having... You know, these horrible onset experiences, all kinds of harassment and bad working conditions. And for the over the past couple of years, all kinds of complaints coming at this guy. They finally pulled the trigger. Finally. They finally said after an investigation, it appears it's all true. You're out of here. They fired him from the two shows and ended his overall deal with the studio. That's been terminated as well. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. Bull. Yeah, bull. <laughs> Like Michael Weatherly. Right? Yes. Like he just this motherfucker. Ah, I just is. I just don't understand. Uh, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, look up Michael Weatherly, Bull, and Elijah Dushku, and read that story. Okay, and then ask yourself why this hasn't been taken care of. Yet, exactly. Okay, because uh, I'm sorry, but it I just it's not right. Exactly. Exactly. You know who is right though? Who? James Corden. That's right. My man, James Corden. Love him. I love him. I do too. I, I, yeah, he, he's my like favorite. Like uh, Right now, he's just killing it. He is. He, he, he is. And he's, guess what? He's going into animation. Ooh. Yeah, he's going into animation with penguins. Penguins, all right. Okay. Not penguins. Pigeons. <laughs> pigeons. Pigeons. You know. Pigeons. Penguins, <laughs> pigeons, pee-pee, you know, whatever, uh, whatever. 
He's he's gonna join Nickelodeon. And yeah. He's gonna, this is based on the book. Okay. Uh yeah. Real pigeons fight crime. Okay. And he's gonna do an animated series off based off this book, Real Pigeons Fight Crime. Yeah. That makes sense for James Corden. It does. I mean, he's a very family friendly guy, especially with his kids at home and everything like that. So that's exciting. I mean, him like Kevin Hart, they're all making these deals for Nickelodeon to make family friendly kid content. So that's great. I think that puts a them ahead of the game honestly because everybody's focusing so much on adult adult content but if you can do kid content and then like put some adult humor in there that they go right over the kid's head it's like perfect exactly and i love how all these creators are signing these like multi-platform deals you know and then and then stretching out you know because cordon's got that game show and then he's got carpool karaoke and all this so but to make the move into animation it just shows the broad range that this guy has as a creator so smart move man yeah definitely smart move. definitely and i mean other things happening showtime documentary films has announced that martin scorsese uh will <laughs> direct a new feature documentary that centers on david johansson uh the front man of hard rock band new york dolls i've never heard of new york dolls <laughs> no they're old okay they're old. it makes sense uh, yeah, it makes sense yeah. but he loves doing these things he just did he one for uh bob dylan for netflix yep so yep. i mean go check that out but yeah that's awesome he is also gonna co-direct with uh david telichi yep uh and scorsese and uh, Silica Productions will executive produce with Brian Grazier, Ron Howard's Imagine Documentaries. Yeah, and they've been killing Epic. it with the Beatles documentary yeah. and like all the kind of stuff. So this makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, Scorsese loves New York. Yeah. Okay, so anything kind of involving that, you know it's going to be good. I mean, and this is just like a bunch of amazing genius creators all in one room. <laughs> exactly. Like, holy shit. It, yeah, yeah. You if I could it, just be a fly on the wall for one day, like, right? dude. Just to listen to that process, yeah. like, would be epic. <laughs> My goodness. But now, going over to the Peacock. Going over to the Peacock, guys. Oh, my God. NBC Universal, uh, Comcast said that it's still going to launch July 15th. So coming up next week, uh, I don't know if anyone's excited. I'm not. I'm, like, impartial, whatever. Um, but they have said that they have still not signed a deal with Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. I don't know why them and hbo max are doing this i just recently found out because logging into my xbox i don't really use that as my main entertainment source but hbo max is on the xbox mm. so i mean that's that but the most popular ones are roku and amazon fire stick yeah. so i'm completely confused by that um they're still trying to make it happen the peacock is but they're they're saying that i mean they're gonna go full force with it though i mean they're uh using it as uh, a marathon and not a race, said one of the spokespersons. Sure, that's, like, that's an excuse. Whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If I can't find it on my Roku, I'm not watching it. Right. And that HBO Max, I will not watch until it's the only place I can watch those superhero shows. Right. Because like, until the Green Lantern series comes on there, until it's the only place I can watch Doom Patrol or whatever – I'm just not getting it. Exactly. If it's not on Roku, I'm not getting it. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, as we talked about on the show at the beginning of the year, yep, Dick yep. Wolf signed a huge nine-figure deal spanning broadcast streaming and that he will keep him as sibling with Universal Television for the at least five years. Yep. And uh, the deal with Peacock to air majority of his library, like Law and & Order and the Chicago franchises. Right. So, yeah, yeah you're going to get the Law & Order and Chicago shows on the Peacock. Um, 
the Peacock. Yeah, but can't you still get them on like TNT? I'm yeah. pretty sure you can. Uh, yeah, I'm I don't know sure. if that's going to stop, but you know, I'm just pretty sure you can still watch them right there. Yeah. So. Um, but okay, here's the big thing though. Okay, so we know that Universal, let's just say NBC Universal has locked down Dick Wolf, right? Well, now they want original series from him. And they're trying to work out a deal to provide Dick Wolf to provide original series for the Peacock. Provide that dick. <laughs> yeah. So here's the, here's the thing, though. This is kind of exciting. There's a, there's a rumor that two of his previous series, one that aired for four years, and then another one that got a 13-episode commitment but never aired, uh. both apparently are being talked about to be brought back as part of that original deal for Peacock. Interesting. Um, it's Law & Order Hate Crime, uh. which did get a 13-episode commitment from NBC, yeah. but then they shelved it saying they wanted to make sure they got it right, and they kind of backburnered it, and so it never went anywhere. Yeah. So that's a possibility. And the other one is New York Undercover. Which ran for four seasons on Fox, yeah. and everybody loved it, and then it just kind of went away. Mm. So now they're talking about bringing that one back. So, if I was Dick Wolf, I'd be like, "Oh, so now you want to use my content?" <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know, especially that one freaking uh, uh, New York Undercover. Like, what the fuck? If it had a nice little following, why did you take it off? Yeah, and I feel like honestly, it would be a mistake if you do part of the Law and Order franchise not on NBC Network. Yeah, right. Because they're all on NBC Network. Yeah, just yeah. It's I feel like it's got to go there first. Yeah. before you. You know, and they probably made the decision because, you know, they're coming back with Stabler's show. Yeah. Right? So you couldn't do both, probably. No. So, I mean, who knows? But. Who freaking knows, man? But, I mean, a lot of people know now that Universal Pictures' Jurassic World has started back production yes. this week in the UK. The studio is denying the press report of they halted because somebody on the staff had covid positive test results but i mean they're they're good guys they're good don't believe the rumors you are hearing they're good to go yeah they said they are in day five of filming everything is fine that story was not true and this is part of what we were talking about at the top of the show this was one of the films that was in that deal with the exemption of the 14-day quarantine yeah. to allow them to get back to shooting and everything and so thankfully it wasn't true that they got it date one back because exactly. that would have shut down batman again that would shut down everything. Dude. but not true it would have been insane it, it would have been, been crazy. insane. I mean, we need new movies, guys. We need new movies. I mean, Regal didn't really announce it, but they just kind of slipped it in there that they're not opening July 10th. Today's the day they should have been opening. Yes. Uh, fucking, it's going to be July 31st. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Today was Tenet Day. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was supposed anymore. to be. <laughs> fucking supposed to be, but ah. it's absolutely wild. I mean, they, even Universal is still pushing things back. And I mean, I see this for the foreseeable future that it's still going to keep going. Agreed. Um, but now, they're pushing back the openings of Candyman and the two Halloween sequels. Candyman's only getting pushed back uh, three weeks, but Halloween is getting pushed back a whole year, which yeah. delays the other one a whole year. Because they're literally like they're committed to releasing those around Halloween. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but still. <laughs> yeah. like, Why wouldn't you? Yeah, but, I mean, but I mean, I was so excited when they, for three years in a row, we talked about it uh, like way back, probably about a year ago, but when they said they were going to release three different Halloween films in three years. Yeah. That's really exciting, but then when you kind of take a year off, I don't, I don't know. I hope they don't lose momentum with that franchise. I know, because I feel like it was really building back up. It they was. 
had gone back to the original storyline yeah. with Jamie Lee Curtis, so it was a new trilogy, but with the original people. Yeah. And it, it did. It was kicking ass. I think everybody kind of liked the return to the original, and now you're right. It's kind of off the track, and will that kill momentum? And I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I hope everything stays good, man. And did they slow it down? Did they push it back so that they could fast track another one? Yeah. Wolfman. Mm, yeah. Remember they were going to try to build the, the Universal Monsters universe and it failed horribly with so Tom Cruise's bad. The Mummy and like all so that? Bad. Well, they're still trying to do Universal's Monsters and Wolfman is coming and apparently they fast-tracked this thing. Yeah. Ryan Gosling has signed on to play Wolfman um, and they've brought in Jason Bloom to produce. So, I mean, Bloom needs a hit. We've he been does. talking about so this bad. the last couple months. He's been missing like, left like and right the past lately. Two so. years have been rough on my man. So, so. Um, and yeah, Deadpool Tool and Fast and Furious presents Hobbin Shaw's. Um, oh, I want to get his name right. No, no, no. Never mind. No. I can't. I can't do it. It's something. But anyway, <laughs> Bloom. Bloom bringing. Br- into into produce makes sense to me if they're yeah. going to try to go the horror route with yeah. Wolfman, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know either. I don't know either. I've never been a huge fan of that universe, and I mean, yeah, yeah let's see what happens, I guess, but it's... Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, what are yeah. your guys' opinions on it? We want to know. <laughs> Why not? I mean, eh. Yeah, we'll see. Yes. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yes. We'll see what happens. Sony. Holy shit. It's not Spider-Man. It's not. We promise. It's not Spider-Man, no. but it is somebody we think you'll like. Fucking yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of the best. Fucking Brad Pitt. He's a close runner-up to Patrick Dempsey in the man crush, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. It's the hair. <laughs> He's got... <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but he is signed on to star in Bullet Train. That just sounds cool. I know, right? Brad Pitt. In Bullet Train. Dun, dun, I, I mean, it sounds badass. Yeah, action movie uh, from Sony Pictures. Also attached uh, David Leach uh, yes. from Deadpool 2, Fast and Furious, and uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw to direct. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. He's he's involved in a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, But, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Bullet Train, so it's going to obviously have something to do with, you know, Fast trains, yeah. I would guess bullet train. Yeah. So, um, but it's Brad Pitt, exactly. If it's Brad Pitt and it's action and it has anything to do with like you know, fast, it's gonna be good, dude. So badass. It's gonna be it's, so it's, badass. And let's not rem- let's not forget, Brad Pitt was in Deadpool too. He was <laughs> and then, jumped out of the pair. Par- par- yeah, died, yeah. yeah, and died. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't know that, no. but it's absolutely go watch it now. How many people do you think listening are going to go back and watch exactly. it? No, exactly. He wasn't. I, yeah, he no, was. He, he, he is was. in the Marvel universe. He's in there. Mm. Uh, but now Lionsgate. This is the second week in a row we're talking about Lionsgate. It's true. But I mean, they have signed a over. I mean, they've signed a deal with. The one and only, the only oh that matters. That's Oprah. right, Oprah. Um, uh, they have partnered with the 2020 uh, Putzler Prize Award-winning <laughs> journalist uh, or Pulitzer, Pulitzer, Pulitzer. Sure, you know uh, <laughs> Nicole Hannah Jones and New York Times to develop a Hannah Jones Interactive Project, the 1619 Project, and along with the NYT Podcast, 1619 into an expansive portfolio of films, television series, and documentaries of unscripted programming for. Other forms of entertainment. Now, this is going to talk about enslaved African Americans. Mm-hmm. It's basically going to like 
teach us everything. Teach us something, Oprah. Right. I'm so excited. Right. Hence the 1619. Exactly. You know, with the first arrival of of, of slaves. Yes. In, in the in the in the country, and um, yeah. I, look, anything with Oprah's name on it is going to be good. Exactly. All right. Make no mistake about that. If Oprah signed on. It's good. Exactly. Because Oprah don't sign on to stuff that ain't good. Oprah takes her name off of stuff that We've she talked about it, yeah. Exactly. So this is going to be good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's going to deal a lot with how th- there's multiple similarities of back then and now. And it's going to be a real good education piece. Everybody should watch this. And what I like is that most of the contributors are, are all going to be African-American. Yes. So, you know, you're going to they're going to come at this from culture and, and different avenues. And whether it be music or or television or film or all the different things that are going to go into this project, it's going to be from, from African-American creators. So it's going to be really good. I epic, think. man. So freaking epic. Well, you guys know that Netflix is one, in, one of Netflix. Netflix's biggest shows is The Crown. We've talked about it before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying that um, if they were going to end uh, around season five. Yeah. But now they're like, no, we're going to we're going to like last until season six. Yeah. Apparently, Peter Morgan decided to change his mind. Yeah. And this is the rare thing because we talk about this all the time about how Netflix. You're lucky if you get past three seasons. Yeah. Right. So Netflix, even given five to The Crown, was like, what? Yeah. It's like one of the longest running things yeah. since House of Cards, right? Yeah. But there, it wasn't their decision to stop it. It was the creator, Peter Morgan's decision. But now he's had to change of heart. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe we can finish this out. Yeah. And so it is going to be six seasons. Pretty now. exciting, man. Pretty exciting. I know a lot of people are ready to see that. I'm ready. I hope it deals a lot with after the death of Diana. I hope that they try to humanize the queen because uh, everybody thought she was very stone cold yes they were surprised she did come out of the castle on the streets and you know do that whole thing but i mean i i feel like she gets a bad rap sometimes she does now i think it is going to end in that era though oh yeah for sure. so because he made it perfectly clear because just because he's coming back and he's decided to do a sixth season he said it will not go to modern time or current time yeah. and deal with the whole, you know, William and Megan, Harry yeah. and Megan and all. It's not going to. So I think you're right. I think it'll probably end on the death of Diana. We know season five is going to deal with the introduction of Diana and all that kind of stuff. So it only makes sense, I think, that season six would be that follow through on that story. Yeah. You know, and see that kind of finish off. So yeah. I don't and, know. And if somehow y'all could make it work to where she like all three queens will be like in the same room. That'd be badass. Oh I don't. Gosh. I don't know how that would work, but if you could figure it out to get Claire Foy, Olivia Coleman, and the other lady um, <laughs> back for all of it, it would be so they, badass. They kind of did it with Olivia Coleman and Claire Foy when that when she was looking at the younger picture yeah, of herself, and yeah. it was Claire Foy's picture. Yeah. So I don't know, but you know, it'd be interesting though. You're right it would be. to somehow have like. I don't know. It That'd would be really be. cool. And I mean, Netflix is renewing uh, Dead to Me for its third and final season. Like we were talking about, you're <laughs> lucky if you get past three. <laughs> what's, what is up with that? I, like, I don't understand that. I don't know, man. It's really weird. Uh, series creator Liz Feldman will return an executive producer and showrunner under the big overall deal she signed with the streamer. Under the multi-year deal pact, uh, Feldman will also develop new original <laughs> series, uh, so that's the next one. <laughs> on right. to the next one. That's so. right. That's right. I, you know, weird, I'm gonna be honest. Man. You know, you and Lil Cam got me hooked on that show. It's good. You know, it's really phenomenal. If you guys have not watched it, it's just it's absolutely 
brilliant. Yeah. Linda Cardellini, uh, you know, it, it, she's just fantastic in it. And uh, Christina Applegate, it, it's just a really good show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And then you can ask yourself the same way we are, why are you ending it after three? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who knows, man? Like... Who freaking knows? And I mean, they also came out this past week with an announcement that they are going to cancel Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I'm honestly surprised about because I know that was a big cult following like Riverdale and uh, yeah. Katie Keene, the one that was like a spinoff of Riverdale that got just recently got canceled on the CW, but I guess uh, talking to more people who love this series, they said that um, the last part is literally probably like the peak of, so mm. it, it makes sense for it to go off. Yeah, so. it, it's it's been bad for um, the creator of, of that. Like that, that Archieverse drama. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, like you said, they, they canceled Katie Keene. Now Sabrina's going out the door. Riverdale's ratings have been dropping. So and the bad. one pilot that he had, I guess, a commitment for at ABC, they decided that was one of those 10 they decided oh, not to move forward with. So he's uh, feeling the heat. Yeah. Um, and it, and a lot of people are speculating maybe Riverdale's in trouble too with yeah. the cancellation I of Katie Keene and now Sabrina. Both take place in the Archieverse there. So, I, I mean. Season one was probably its best. And then agreed. it kind of just went downhill from there, man. I, and I feel like a lot of people lost interest uh, after Luke Perry died. Yeah. I really do feel like that that happened. And so, you know. I lost interest when they started to do some, like, satanic dungeon, dungeon and dragon shit. Which was, was like, the intro, right, for, for Sabrina. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how they went into the witch world and kind of stuff. But it, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was not my cup of tea. <laughs> not my cup of tea. But, it, yeah, interesting, man. Interesting. Heading over to Amazon now, like we were talking about Amazon Fire TV. I mean, it's basically trying to do the same thing that Apple is kind of doing, making them like the one-stop shop of all your streaming services. And I, with this, they have expanded its year-old effort to promote live programming, which now – includes hulu tv uh hulu plus live tv youtube tv and sling tv so you can just basically sign on with your fire stick and like go to your netflix go to your hulu live like all this shit so that's pretty cool it's pretty cool um but i like amazon more than apple because i feel like that apple's weird because it's literally like i can download my app like outside of this app, but you want me to sign in to my Apple app and then sign in through my Netflix right, app through right. this app? Yeah. It's kind of weird. It it's is. It's kind of weird, but yeah, I think Amazon is simplifying it very much. So, I mean, there you go. You can get all your live TV on Amazon. I mean, and here's the crazy thing, right? Like, if you're going to watch HBO Max through Apple or through Amazon, you still have to have the subscription exactly. to HBO Max, right? So, I'm thinking all these people just need to work out a deal and just make one app. And that's what you pay for that includes all of your subscriptions. Exactly. So that, like you said, you're not signing into one to watch another to do that. Why not just – they're clearly all working together and allowing their stuff to be In on the other capacity, one anyway. Yeah. So just make it a one-stop. This is the place you go to watch all your subscriptions. Exactly. Right? That, that's what it should be. Roku. Yeah, like right just there. let Roku be your place where you go and watch all your subscriptions. Exactly. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Listen to us. Listen to <laughs> us. Um, but Amazon, we talked about uh, way back also that Viola Davis is uh, partnering with Amazon in an overall deal. Yes. And uh, Julius T- 
Tenens, uh, Juvia Productions is staying in business with Amazon Studios. So that's awesome. The company has expanded. It's an exclusive first look deal to include television in addition to a film deal uh, as part of the new pact. And they will continue to develop, produce features as well as television series to premiere exclusively on Amazon Prime and in more than 200 countries and territories worldwide. I'm that's, excited. That's probably like the biggest pack they have with a creator or a production company. Well, I'm a huge fan of Viola Davis. Same. I just think she's one of the most creative, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera creators in the industry right now. And she's kicking ass. And and so good for Amazon for recognizing that and signing her up to a big ass deal. Seriously. You know, because this woman deserves it. She's putting out quality shit and she's going to continue to do that. So congratulations, Viola. Come on the show. Exactly. Come on the show. Viola, come on the show. Um, they are also going towards like the more supernatural stuff because this past couple of weeks we've talked about they're developing some supernatural content. It's true. Um, Amazon Studios has put in development Tether, a supernatural drama from the Black scribes kevin hemendi hemendi sure sure and travis beats uh from the saviors and uh daniel de kim and his 3ad production yeah. company uh, this project was brought to the studio by kim under his first look deal with the studio and it's the first project in development for 3ad under the new pact and so tether follows a terrifying journey of madeline woods a woman driven to find her kidnapped husband and mm. son and mm. extract revenge on those who hurt them and murdered her what she is now a ghost and tethered to the house that she died in madeline must find a way to escape her supernatural prison to save the loved one's lives interesting what the fuck that sounds really kind of badass <laughs> like, though how do you like, how like, do you get out we gotta watch like how do you how does she get out yeah you hear about stories like all the time about if you ever do this i'm gonna come back as a ghost and yeah kill you. yeah I, well apparently this story's she gonna be about back. that she coming back and she gonna kill you like uh, for, i could say the same thing about daniel day kim as viola davis just a dude that what in front of the camera had a lot of success i'm yeah. lost and hawaii 50 and just a bunch of stuff but a serious guy behind the camera too as a yeah. creator and now with his deal putting out quality stuff so congratulations to both of them and congratulations to Amazon for showing diversity exactly man. Viola Davis and and Daniel Day Kim you're you're put you got it going man it's all about well, diversity and, and like we talked about earlier our last week or a couple weeks ago like I was really like hardcore on like it needs to be more than just black just white right, right. then bringing in the asian community epic giving all colored creators an opportunity go amazon that's right you know you know what else does a really fine job of merging like all of the races and cultures with Asian and, and African American and white and uh, council of dads. Council of dads. And it would be a fine home at Amazon. It, it would. W- it would be great for Amazon to just continue that diversity and bring that home. Just bring it bring home. Bring that home. All right. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now heading over to Apple. Apple's doing some things. Uh, Oscar yes. nominee. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Qu- uh, Quivenze. Quivenzani. Let's go that. Quavenzanze yes. Wallace. Yes. Uh, behind Annie, <laughs> Beast of the Southern Wild. That's right. Set to lead alongside uh, Oshira Jackson Jr. in Swagger, Apple's new basketball-themed drama. Uh, the series is from NBA superstar 
Kevin Durant. Yeah, we've talked about this. It's a story that's going to be about his coming up, you know, uh, uh, basically a loosely based autobiographical yeah. uh, series about his life coming up as a, as a basketball player. And she's going to play a young female uh, basketball star. Yeah. Look, guys, if you've ever seen, you know, Beasts of the Wild, of the Southern Wild, she's brilliant. Mm. If you haven't seen that movie, by the way, it was a small indie production shot in Louisiana after Katrina and about this this family that kind of goes through it. And she's really little in that, but she was nominated for the Oscar for that role. This is a phenomenal young talent. And then in Jamie Foxx's Annie. Yeah. She, she was Annie. So um, just brilliant. So this is going to be good. I mean, Apple, I like it. It's cherry picking some talent, man, and and good for them, man. They're I'm going excited. for some good content. They're going for like the content people are going to talk about. I, feel I think like. so. So I think so. I'm super and excited for that one. Yeah, me too. Um, I can't believe she's old enough to be like a basketball superstar, right? <laughs> Is she already that old yeah. now? Like, was Beast that long ago? Yes, it yes, was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, guys. It's been like three months since mm. Quibi launched, and um, you know they give you that ninety-day free trial. Well, it seems like <laughs> not a lot of people are sticking with them, and we are one of them. Yes, or two of them. Or Only eight percent, y'all. Yeah. Only eight percent. Seventy-two thousand people that signed up are the only ones staying. Fuck. And remember, they said a couple million, right? Yeah. Seventy-two thousand guys. Yeah. It's, it's dead. It's yeah. dead in the water. It's not. Which is unfortunate because I just saw the trailer for Die Hard. You know, Kevin Hart's one where he wants to be an action star and he goes to action school yeah. with John Travolta. It looks fucking hilarious and nobody's going to see it. It should have been It should have been on there from the jump. Yep. Yeah. And and you know what? Kevin Hart just needs to move that to his own Hart you right. know, channel. Because, right, he's got his own like outlet, his own channel, yeah, I think. Yeah, something like that. He should, be, he should just put that on there and go with it or try to pitch it to a network because it looks like it's going to be hilarious. Well, yeah, and we talked but, about like netflix and the other streamers trying to come at the short-term content like that so i mean yeah. you know do it yeah but <laughs> yeah quibi i don't know how much longer that one's gonna last uh, like they it will land fewer than two million paying subscribers by april 2021 <clears throat> uh well below the eight million they projected yeah well eight million was lofty to begin with but less than two million in a year yeah bad man that's like you know disney signed that many up with hulu plus just i mean um with uh hamilton right now yeah like kidding half a million but still you get my drift yeah half a million in one weekend for hamilton seventy-two thousand yeah. in three months yeah i mean you know that's you enough know. said right there disney plus is so good <laughs> not hulu plus um but now now <laughs> it is time guys yeah now it is time for the one and only scott alda coffee to come yes. on this show uh i'm always intrigued and interested to hear from uh theatrical actors to go to on-screen actors so i was really happy to talk to him about that and that transition and how that all came about and how that worked me out. too and i always like hearing people who aren't from the community yeah you know you guys recognize the name we talked about it at the top of the show and everything but he wasn't in hollywood even though he comes from a hollywood family yeah in massachusetts yeah exactly. and he meant to make the move from massachusetts not necessarily known as an acting mecca to go out to la i always like hearing those stories too like Definitely. how did that go how did that happen Definitely. You know? Yeah, I mean, you guys are really going to love this one. This one is, it's his big one. It's his big one. It's his breakout role. And I mean, he's a scene stealer, guys. He's right. a freaking scene stealer. So be sure to go watch The Outpost after you listen to the rest of the show. Uh, but now, here's his interview. Here he is. Scott Alder Coffee, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks guys for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. dude, we are super excited to have you on, man. We just we've been talking about this film for a while when it was first announced. We got super excited. We do this like industry section of the show and uh, industry news section. And dude, it, we, we've been talking about this forever. So we're super stoked to have you on and talk oh, about I'm really it. Really glad. And oh, thank you. Yeah, you bet, man. Uh, so listen, what we first like to do, because we have a lot of listeners out there who are trying to get into the industry, and so we always like to have our guests kind of start off with telling a little bit about themselves and their journey as to how they got started in the industry. Um, was it something that you always wanted to do, something that you always envisioned yourself? And we'll talk about the heritage. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we can't not talk about that, uh, you know. Of but course. I, I figured that was going to come up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm always curious because sometimes people with the heritage and with the family you know, do not want to do it. So what was your path? How how did yeah. you get involved? Yeah, you know it's interesting. I I would my mom always told me that I kind of been saying I've been wanting to be an actor since I was like three years old. There you go. And I think I think yeah. And I think even then, like I don't think I fully knew exactly what it meant or what it entailed. But like I was very like persistent that like this is what I was going to do. So like from a very very young age, I started like doing like little like summer camps where you know we'd all like act out storybooks and stuff like that and um and i think i did my first full show uh the summer going into fourth grade i was in mm. a production of joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat so yes. you were an underachiever um, no <laughs> underachiever exactly right. <laughs> well, well i did my first production in fourth grade wow man dude that's awesome <laughs> yeah so i think i so once i did that i realized that like i I that like, oh, yes, I really like this. This is what I want to do. So then I, I was consistent. Any any local productions that were like auditioning or that I could sign up for, I, I did. Um, I, I joined a regional theater by me, which is where I first started to get into like Shakespeare and stuff because uh-huh. they had like a they did a lot of classes there. Uh, and then there was a, an art high school near me called Walnut Hill School for the Arts uh, that I uh about junior year of high school, I, I joined and ended up going to, or I auditioned for and got in for, and went there for two years. And that's where I heard about Carnegie Mellon, um, where I then went and got my BFA in acting. And then pretty much right after that, I came out to LA. And, and we should since. mention this journey all started in Massachusetts, <laughs> right? Yes. 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 Not, not the hotbed known for, for actors, right? Like, like how was that? No, like, I, it's you know it's I got pretty lucky with the town I grew up in that there, it was a pretty art centric area. There are a lot of community theaters near me, and there was also a like youth program in my town called Cooperative Theater, uh, that basically kids could start doing theater there from a very young age. I think it was like going into like third grade, and they did a lot of shows. They did like a a, a summer show for like third through eighth graders then they did the spring musical from like fourth through sixth graders and then the fall show for like sixth through eighth so like i had like a lot of variety of 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 opportunity there so that that was really lucky i think to be able to have that because a lot of towns don't have that opportunity. right i mean we see nowadays so many schools cancel canceling arts programs and you know and music programs and stuff so it is good that when you find a community that supports it Absolutely. And it's always heartbreaking when I hear that because I feel like, you know, I, I think even if you don't plan on going into the arts or, or, or becoming an actor or anything like that, I do feel like having an artistic background can really help uh, help you grow. Agreed. As a person. 
so that's so I I always I always get encouraged when I see when I do see towns that really encourage art programs. That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah. And let's talk about the jump a little bit, moving out to L.A., because it sounds like coming from a theater background, I'm interested to see why you chose L.A. over New York, which is more of the theater hub. Were you more interested in joining like the film and television side or did you go out to L.A. and still pursue theater? Or How'd that all go? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of movies like my family would go to the movies every weekend. I grew up watching a lot of television. Um, Nickelodeon was my jam when I was young. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I definitely like was very fast interested in that. What I had always done was this theater because that was what was, what was accessible to right. me. Right. I mean, what was available. Um, but I think at a certain point uh, in college, I just I got a, I got a little burned out mm-hmm. because I was doing so much of it. That makes sense. That I yeah that I wanted to kind of explore the other parts of the industry that I was a little more new to me. Right. And, and that just happened to be television and film. And so what I did is before I officially moved out to LA right after college, the summer before going into senior year, I decided to come out here for the summer to make sure that this is really the move I wanted to make. Right. That LA was right. Uh, And, and I, I instantly fell in love with it. I started taking some acting classes out here and, uh, it was like, yeah, it was like this. And I think part of because it felt so foreign to me and so like, you know, mysterious. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of part of the uh, the, the pull. Right. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It, it was different. Yeah. So that that I think helped a lot. And so when I moved out here, it was just his man. I immediately like fell in love. Did you find the transition from theater to film and television difficult or did you enjoy the challenge we've had a lot of guests on in the past say you know that when they first got involved in it they they would catch themselves Mm -hmm. overacting a lot because on stage you've got to have that presence you've got to be loud and bold you know and they had to kind of tone it down a little bit when they made the transition did you find that as well or because of the burnout did you kind of make the transition a little bit smoother you know i it ended up being a little trickier than i thought it was going to be Mm. because i i i realized i had all these um because I had been doing it so long and I was trained in a very specific way because mm-hmm. uh, I was trained classically, I, I had a very specific way of, of approaching things. Right. And, um, and just naturally when I would, when I would uh, approach text and everything, when I would do it, I, I was more theatrical. I was performing for an audience. I was presenting myself for the back of the auditorium. So I did, I, there, in a lot of ways, I did kind of feel like I had to, relearn how to act in mm. certain respects because i i learned that i had to have this almost like this the style that like that i had to like turn down every time i was performing right and it took a lot of work because it was just it, be, it was so instinctual for me to be bigger uh to perform for an audience that makes sense yeah because i was just about oh yeah. go ahead oh i was just gonna say but but you know with a lot of work i i i, I feel like i've become a better actor in the past four years out here because i feel like i i did practice a lot of that of how to work that dial and, and tone it all down and have it be so much more organic and just internalize things a lot more than I, I necessarily was before. Right. I can definitely imagine. Yeah. I was going to ask, were you always just looking for that instant like uh, reaction that you normally get <laughs> yeah. for theater? Like, you're not, like, Oh, Oh, or like a clap or something like that. But then with like, yeah, being in a room, you're just like, Oh, everybody's just still staring at me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, exactly. There was like a lot of like, I, you know, I, I would, I would always, cause I, I, my, what probably my strongest, um, uh, form of acting gro- growing up was always comedy. Yeah. So uh, I really fed off of another audience. Definitely. So 
that that always informed my performance. So that was definitely a learning curve, like doing comedy and TV and film of like, oh, they can't laugh because the camera's rolling. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I can't work off of them. Yeah. It's like, but I need this instant gratification. I need to know. Right, exactly. (laughs) That is the one perk of theater. You know immediately whether you're sailing or sinking, right? I mean, you know. It's so true. true. (laughs) Box office, you got to wait for the results, right? That's like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it takes so long before you know, like, oh God, are people going to like this? Right. (laughs) It's always interesting to hear the whole and then I love that you bring up comedy because we hear so often comedy is like so much harder than drama and yeah. so much harder than the other. I love that you excelled at comedy, you know, to to get into it. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, which is cool. And, it, and actually, I've, since I've been in L.A., I've done a lot more drama. That's just kind of been what's come about. So it has been it has been interesting. Like now I feel like I've done more drama than comedy. So it's it's. It's also it kind of feels like I, it's taking more to like get back into that comedy mindset mm-hmm. that I, I grew up doing now than, than I used to. So so let's talk about it because the ever changing landscape of the industry, right? From from the yeah. theatrical to streaming wars, and should it be in theaters? Should it not be in theaters? Um, and even how it's kind of changed the landscape of television, where where it's now kind of all kind of geared towards streamers as opposed to linear network. You know how how has that affected your approach as an actor? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that the, the streaming and the move towards the streaming and a shorter theatrical window is a good thing or a bad thing? You know, I, I, I think there are pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it's very, it's been really, really good for television. There's been a lot of like where we've been in this golden age of television for like the past 10 years. And it's just like, there's been a lot of good stuff being produced. Right. Uh, because they, they have more capability capability more money more access to to really amazing writers and showrunners and that's been really really cool to see and something that i'll say in regards to to more movies premiering and streaming is something that has done is is open up this opportunity for more smaller films yeah right movies that probably wouldn't get have access otherwise and that's been really really cool to see however i will say that i i do think there is something really 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 special about the theatrical experience about being in a theater with like a, a group of strangers experiencing this this film together right uh that's really cool and i i really hope that that doesn't go away and I know that's definitely been a little nerve wracking with the whole pandemic of like, oh, is this going to kill theaters or not? Um, I don't think it will, because I, I do think there are just some movies that just really thrive on the big screen. Uh, and there are some that thrive on the small screen. So I think I think there is this pros and cons type thing. So I, I, I hope that the theatrical experience doesn't go away, just that there is a slight maybe that there's just a slight shift. Yeah. I mean, Dustin and I talk about it off air all the time that we probably think that it's going to go back to one or two theaters in a movie theater. And like the tentpole movies are getting shown and everything else just get redirected to streamers. I mean, cause that's where it seems exactly. like that's where they strive. Honestly. I mean, you find a great indie film on like Amazon prime or Netflix and you just love it. But I feel like, for example, um, Honey Boy, uh, right. Shia LaBeouf, yes. Honey Boy. I feel like yeah. that one is striving on Amazon Prime, but barely anyone went and saw it in the theater. So it's, like you said, pros and cons of both. 100%. Yeah, and I, I think, like, as you guys said, yeah, I think what what 
really has been striving in the in the in the movie theaters are the blockbusters. Yes. Yep. Those yep. are kind of the movies that people want to see in the and on a big screen because it's they become like these event films. Exactly. Like, oh, you have to see them opening weekend together in an audience. Yeah. That's but, it. Yes. These these smaller indie films are getting opportunity that they otherwise probably wouldn't get yep. through these streaming services like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. And that's really cool. And I think that's really important. Agreed. And you bring up a great point about the pandemic because it, it there's no doubt that things will not be the same after this thing ends. Right. Um, and yes. so I agree. We agree wholeheartedly. Like I really do think it's going to be the tentpole or event movies that are going to be in the theaters. And I see the, the multi-screen cineplexes just kind of disappearing. And like Logan said, kind of going back to your marquee where you've got one screen screen and you're going to see that tentpole movie and it's going to be the movie that you have to go see in the theaters and the rest right. are going to kind of transition and I think that's a good thing in a way because I, the pandemic I think is going to lend to that it, it, you know um, with Absolutely. having to do the distancing and the, and the smaller crowds and everything but le- I mean let's talk about it you do not want to go see and let's get into this because we're excited to talk about this you do not want to go see the outpost not in a theater exactly. right? <laughs> I mean you, that, yes. that's the kind that's- of film that screams you have to be in a theater yes. setting to see yes. it right? Right. That, exactly. And that, that I think was probably one of the hardest things with the pandemic is obviously there's a lot of really hard things with the pandemic. I mean, this is like the worst of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't want to indicate that. But, um, but what, what was really hard is that, that we really filmed this movie to be seen in a theater. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it screams big screen experience. Uh, so it, so South by Southwest getting canceled, uh, it being reduced to a limited a limited screenings were what was really hard. And mm-hmm. I think that that that's definitely that definitely hurts. Uh I am glad that it is gonna be out there. And I think it was really important for it to be released on Fourth of July weekend instead of just continuously to push it right. so that it can be on the big screen. Yep. Um so I'm glad people will get to see it. And uh Rod, our director, keep has keep say, keep saying to people, even if if you have to see it at home, make sure you see it on the biggest screen possible yes. with the loudest <laughs> and biggest sound system. Make sure you watch it in one sitting. Like it's he, he like try to replicate the the movie the the movie cinematic experience exactly as much as possible exactly. Well, I gotta it, tell it you, that. I gotta tell you, just based on what we've seen so far and what we know from the film, I, I've I have got to tell you. I think you're going to get that theatrical experience and release because th- this is a contender, I would have to say, for award season. Agreed. And I think you're going to get a re-release when you're allowed to get back in the theaters because I think people are going to want to see it in the theaters. So I-, I-, I really do think you guys are going to get what you what you set out to or envisioned with this film. I think we will see it in theaters eventually on a wide scale, which is a good thing. And I really want to talk about this because it's based on Jake Tapper's book, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, The Outpost, An Untold Story of American Valor. Um, it's a true story, and and yes. it's it's a really heart wrenching, heart breaking story. That that's kind of one of those lesser known stories, you know. Uh, and it needed to be told. And I think that the way you guys went about it is brilliant. The cast is fantastic. Orlando Bloom, Scott Eastwood. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better film to like kind of have a breakout moment, right? I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. Let's talk about how you got involved in it. Um, the audition process, or how that all came about, and um. What was it like, your research for playing uh, Sergeant Scusa? Uh, and I hope I didn't butcher his name. I hope that's correct. Um, yeah. Sergeant Scusa, h- how'd that all come about, man? Yeah, um, I could do a thousand films in my career. And I feel like this movie will always be uh, one of the most important films I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky enough. I actually knew Rod Lurie before, um, before he was uh, signed on for the film. 
I had met him like, oh God, probably about a year, before, maybe a little longer before the film, film started shooting. And um, I, I, I had met him because I, I, uh, he, he knew uh, my grandfather because my grandfather actually did a couple of his movies. Right. And uh, I, I, ju- I just met him just to get his like advice about, you know, about the industry, about, you know, steps to take as an actor and all that stuff. And it was, it was just like a, a kind of a meet and greet breakfast. Mm. Um, and he was, and he, was so, he was so sweet, so kind and so courteous and, and get, was giving me a lot of great advice. And then in the, <laughs> in the meeting, he asked me what I did as a side hustle, what I did to make, you know, actually make money. And I, I <laughs> and I, I said, well, actually I, I'm, I'm a dog walker. I, 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 and dog sitter, I, I dog sit for a living. And he, he was like, Oh my God, I actually need a dog sitter for next weekend. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I should be available. Um, so then I ended up becoming like his, um, go-to dog sitter for a while. And That's I, epic. and I, and I, and I got to, and I got to know him more and, you know, he, he was, the, he's literally the nicest guy you could imagine. And so, uh, at a certain point when, you know, the script was being developed for this project, uh, this role came about of this, of this real life American hero, um, Michael Scusa. And, um, and he, he reached out to me. He was like, Hey, actually, I think there's this role that you might be, really good for uh look at the script and if you connect with it um put yourself on tape and i'll you know make sure it gets to the producers and the casting and everything um and i read the script and what blew me away in the script was that i i was almost embarrassed because i hadn't heard of the story before right i didn't know about this incident it and it was the biggest battle in the entire 19 year Afghanistan war. Yep. Oh, wow. And yep. I, I, and I, I couldn't believe it. So I, um, I immediately felt like, Oh, well, I, 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 I really want to be a part of telling the story. Cause I'm like, well, if, if I don't know the story, there's a lot of people that don't. Exactly. So, and, and I feel like the story has to be told. So I immediately got really excited about it. Um, I got, I got the audition sides for, uh, for it and everything. And, and I, I had like 24 hours to put it on tape. Hmm. Um, I got, uh, I, I was like, I, I got together with my acting coach and he like really helped me with it to make sure it was the best possible take it could be. Um, but then it just so happens at the time I got the, uh, uh, the audition for it. I, I came to, I was, had a really bad cold. I was like, oh, I no. was really sick. <laughs> yeah. Just to add, just to add all this, add on to the stress. Right. So I was like downing tea between takes, um, <laughs> make sure I could get through it. Um, but I, yeah, I, yeah, I worked so hard to get it right. And then, um, I send in the tape to them and the following week I end up getting the part, That's which was really exciting. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I could, I couldn't believe it. And it was, um, and so what, what really, um, I was, what I was really lucky is I got to speak to some of his family right. of, of Michael Scusa, uh, as well as, uh, some people who, who knew him mm-hmm. and, and served with him. Uh, and that was really special and important to me because, once I did that, it all of a it no longer was just a movie or right. like, oh or like oh this could be my first big break. It was all of a sudden like oh I'm telling this important story. I need it's it's all about honoring this guy mm-hmm. and making sure he uh, that that's, that the story is told right. Uh, I all of a sudden I'm like I have to get this right. Right. Um, I can't. It's it, nothing else matters. All that really matters to me is that his family. Uh, and his loved ones uh, come out feeling like uh, his his story is told, and that and that he and that he's 
being honored. Yeah, uh, and and that's and that that's that's what I wanted to say. The challenge, because I feel like so many times the the burden or responsibility of playing a real life person, you know, and the stress of that that can be put onto an actor about trying to portray yeah. that properly, you know, uh, especially if he does still have living family members and there are people like you know you know that are going to be watching. Did you get my guy right? Did you get my person right? And and so I, I love the the process that you were talking about about meeting the family and and taking on the responsibility of making sure you honor him right and and yeah. it, it, it's fantastic and beautiful to hear when when an actor takes the time to do it and, and you know because I feel like sometimes you could just get lost in it and keep like you said you it, it's a film I'm gonna do a performance and and just move on but to make sure that you get it right I think is extremely important in these type roles so kudos to you for doing it right man thank you I really appreciate that. And, and what was really exciting is that, like, everyone on set what had that same goal was to, like, tell the story right and to honor these soldiers and their families and to just – there was just so much passion and dedication behind it, which I think really shows in the final product. Absolutely. Uh, so that was really cool. And, yeah, and we, you know, we, we, made, we made sure, like, if, 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 if there are things in the script that we felt like uh, – or, like, during the process that we're like, you know, I don't think this – this uh this is right for the character or, or i don't think or i don't think he would have said something like this we would be like okay yeah let's 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 ask that or let's right. do that it was very collaborative which was really really great oh that's awesome yeah and i mean i must say after hearing all of that and how you want to portray him in the right way i'm super excited to see this oh, film God. like just to hear your passion about it and to hear like i have a soft spot for war movies to be honest right. with you right. and then plus because they're always betraying a real story and some sense yeah so especially like to hear the passion that was on set from everybody just to get this story right i'm just i'm super pumped for this one and i have a feeling the passion is going to show through because everything i keep reading from rod rod just keeps saying you're you're a scene stealer bro you like every (laughs) every time you're on the screen you're like taking it so uh, i i feel like that passion came through in the performance which is going to be really exciting to see um, and look, I got to tell you, that's one of the most interesting stories about how you get to getting a part yeah. that, that it's like I've ever heard. That's so fantastic. So many yeah. good things in there about like, well, okay, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I knew him because of my granddad, but now I'm his dog walker. And then, oh, hey, by the way, you should check out this, this script. It's so fantastic. And one thing I love is because you had mentioned that Rod had known your granddad. And we should finally just put this out there. You guys have recognized the name, I'm sure, by now. Granddad is Alan Alda. Uh, You know, uh, Hawkeye Pierce himself, or so many other classic iconic roles. Um, So the fact that Rod knew who who your grandfather was and still wasn't like, I'm just going to give you this role, you had to earn it. You had to like, look, I'm going to give you the sides. You got to do this read. I'm going to pass it along. And if you get it, you get it. So much respect for both him and you for allowing that to be the process because i feel like that's the way it should be done you yes. know oh thank you yeah absolutely i mean i i, I also would have felt weird if he just was like take it you know because I, I also feel like you know I, I wanted to make sure that i was right for this role exactly. especially with the, with the weight of the story and 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 these real people you know if i if i'm not <laughs> right to play to portray michael then then i probably shouldn't be playing him um i just got i think i just got really lucky that that uh we that, that I was right for the part. <laughs> um, and that, sir, yeah, is why you are an actor. 
Exactly. Uh, because because <laughs> yeah. acting is an art and a craft, and, and you know you're not about the celebrity, you're not about the name, you're not about it's about the art, about the craft, and what you do. And and uh, kudos to you, man. I, I, we we just love having people come on here and are passionate about what they do and uh, enjoy what they do and do it for all the right reasons, man. And you clearly, for being so young and and coming up the way you have, you clearly have it all together, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely, dude. We're stoked to talk to you. I'm really like Logan said. We can't wait to see this film, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for everyone to get to see it. I, I really think it's, it's incredibly powerful, and it's, uh, yeah, I just think, I just think it's an important story, and I'm so excited. Awesome. So okay, listen now. Now comes all the the crazy fun stuff uh, because you know we got to get people, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna drop some hard ones on you, and then we'll lighten it up a little all bit. Right. All right, as we like we said at the top of the interview, we have a lot of listeners out here that are trying also to follow that path and get into the industry and see mm-hmm. if they can make the break in it and get it out there. And uh, you did mention that you went out there first to kind of test the waters, which I thought was really smart. But what we like to Thank do you. is have our guests kind of pass along some some tips. Some some, some advice for people trying to get into the industry, one. And two, some pitfalls that they should definitely look out for, some things that mm. they should try to avoid. Those are, good, those are really good questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say that, especially nowadays, I think something that is, is becoming really important for actors to do is to be willing to create their own work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and put it out there. I think. Uh, I think there sometimes is this hesitancy of like of of just you know whether it's nerves to like be to putting yourself out there creatively and like more than just like the acting part of like being the writer or the director. But um, but like sometimes it, you know it doesn't have to be good. Sometimes just creating is important, and just um, and it can get the those artistic juices flowing. Right. And I think that's so important. Uh, and I think that's also a great way to hone your skills. Uh, and also, you never know who sees this stuff as well. Sometimes that's how I more, especially recently, you've been here. You hear so many stories of uh, of the of the right people seeing of just like these shorts that people put on YouTube or, exactly. or on Instagram that just, you know, and then end up blowing up. You never know. I just think it's important to be able to um, continue to be creative because also it, it can be such a exhausting brutal industry sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important to uh to continue to be active creatively otherwise you can get burned out and you can get despair um discouraged and you i just i think continue to be creative i just think that's that's key and I love what um, you said about it doesn't even have to be good because sometimes I feel yeah. like creators are never happy with what they put out because they're perfectionists. Exactly. We all are, right? Exactly. We all want it to be the best. But what you might think is subpar or not so good might be the hidden gem somebody's looking for, like you said, and they you find it know. and then yeah. boom, you know? So that's good yeah. stuff. You never man. know. And Thank the pitfalls? I mean, <laughs> and, the, and the pitfalls, yes. Uh, um, just – I mean, I mean, there are there are a number in in, in this industry to be careful. Yeah, of. <laughs> no but, doubt. Um, one thing is, you know, be be mindful of 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 the the people you talk to, or the people you associate with, or the people of or or even or even the higher ups you talk to. You know, if you're if you're looking for acting studios, there are a lot of fantastic acting studios in the city. Right. But there can be also there are also some that are a little scammy, and it's just make sure you do your research. I always think that. Studios that run on word of mouth are are usually the best because they're they're running pretty much off of the people that go there, mm-hmm. uh, not just off of like um, uh, 
ads you may see online or 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 how well some AI acting teacher does. You know, I, right. I, I've been really lucky, really lucky that as soon as I came out here, I found an acting studio that I uh, I I, I, re- I really love, and I've I've been with them since, and I just found such an amazing community. But it's a studio that really runs on on the word of mouth of the students, there you and go. I think that's really what helps it thrive. Yeah. Uh, so I think definitely just be mindful while 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 either looking for acting studios or acting coaches. Um, cause there are a lot of fantastic ones out here, but you know, there are also a lot that, you know, may, may be a little scammy. So just be cautious. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And all throughout this interview, we talked about streaming and like being online and things like that. What are your thoughts on social media? Do you think it's a necessary tool that you need in today's <laughs> entertainment industry? Or is it kind of like a double-edged sword? Like you could go without it or I mean, and you could promote yourself. What do you think about it? Oof. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. It's, a, I feel like it's, it's such a mixed bag. Cause I mean, I, I have, I don't have a Twitter. I, I've intentionally kind of tried to avoid Twitter. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have an Instagram, which I, I enjoy, but, um, ah, you know, it's, it's tough. I think it's definitely a good way to get seen mm-hmm. and get, um, and get people, engaged in you and in things i've definitely been able to use it to get people excited about the movie right which has been really good but uh but at the same time it it, it can be hostile mm-hmm. if you're not careful i've been lucky that so far i haven't encountered that but i but i you you see i see things all the time whether you know not just twitter can be on instagram too or facebook or like just people that go online solely to to attack you or to like right um, mock you or, or whatever. So it's, I, I think, you know, if, if, if you're able to, um, to block that, the, that negativity out of, out of it, right. it's, um, <laughs> it can be a really useful tool. I, I do think. Yeah. Agreed wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think it's a good snapshot of life, right? Yeah. Like there's good and bad in every aspect. It's how you use it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, look, dude, this has been absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. And, and I mean, you're just oh, like a, so a class act and, and continued success. We uh, Big things coming for you. I have no doubt. Like I said, this performance we know is just going to skyrocket and it's a bright, bright future for you. And open invite, man. Anytime you want to come back on and, and talk about anything that you're working on or just come on and shoot the shit with us, bro. I mean, you know, whenever. Oh. Open invite, man. Really appreciate that. Thank you. I would, I would, I would definitely love that. Absolutely, man. I've had a lot of fun. This has been fun. Good, good, good. And we got to tell everybody now, (laughs) since you, since you do have a good time on Instagram, tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram because we want them to know. Yes, Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Scott All the Coffee. So just my full name, and uh, you can also find me on my website at scottaldacoffee.com. There you go. Knows how to market. Exactly. Exactly. We'll (laughs) be sure to push everybody to your website and your Instagram because, like we said, we we really appreciate you for taking some time and coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Take care now. All right. You too. Bye bye. So fun, man. Yeah. So fun. This guy, even being like brought up with a 
famous grandfather, like mm-hmm. wanting to grind it out and create a name for himself. Like I just love that and how knowledgeable he is about the industry, taking advice from older people who came before him and just a dog sitter. Right, like, right. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm just going to have a meet and greet with a director, you know, <laughs> and, I, and it's okay that I'm a dog walker. I love that because how many times have we, you know, you know, I'm an actor. So yeah. if I get this meet and greet, I'm an actor. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a dog walker. Yeah. That's what I do. It's my and, life. You know, that's my life. And so, yeah, his honest approach and the way that he just goes after everything. And because you're right. I mean, famous grandfather, famous great grandfather with Robert Alda and just to do it on his own and do it the right way. And you can clearly hear the passion in his voice for what he does. Always refreshing. Man. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Thank you again, man, for coming on the show. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready to break out your tissues? Because mm. we're bringing back some old memories that, I mean, not a lot of people want to talk about. But, no. Uh, no. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. Um, but if you don't know, our top five this week is top five tragic movie deaths. We might not be able to get through this without I crying. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. You're going to see. It's <laughs> it. so hard. Man, man. I mean. So many good ones. Uh. So many good ones. And now after watching Hamilton – fucking hamilton his son <laughs> like oh my it, wow it really got to you dude, huh? like oh my it's gosh quiet uptown i was like yeah, oh yeah. oh and when his wife finally forgave him like oh. yeah i think one of the saddest songs in there it's not necessarily about the death but uh that's enough isn't yeah. that enough like yeah. like that could be enough yeah I, I i love that song that whole theme is like yeah. and can't that be enough yeah. isn't that enough just if you don't know what we're talking about what's wrong with you why dude. haven't you watched hamilton yet dude. <laughs> fucking watch hamilton watch it all oh, right oh my goodness back to the top five but now <laughs> yes uh my number five it, it was a rough one man especially i mean Two of my most favorite actors, Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston, are in this movie. Mm. But I'm talking about Marley and me mm. and Marley. Mm. That, I mean, everybody always hates when their pets die. It's honestly absolutely tragic. You feel like they're part of the family. And honestly, just to let you all in on a little part of my life, today we had to put my cat down that I've had since I was like seven years old which is insane so that one really hit home but yeah yeah, marley and me man freaking you never want to put your because they're like another sibling or another child or but i mean uh, yeah you you love your pets you love your pets but i mean yeah marley and me really got to me i was bawling my eyes out i feel that i feel that makes me think about the art of racing in the rain too even though it wasn't the dog who died in that it was a really sad scene when uh, amanda seafried dies yeah you know that's your man crush guy yeah 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 yeah, no okay yeah producing (laughs) Producing. Yeah, well, he was he supposed wasn't... to star, but he aged out of it. Yeah, what? Because yeah. Patrick Dempsey is old, and yeah. that's okay. It's okay. It's all right. We all age. <laughs> we have a theme going though. Mine is also animal. Yeah. Uh, my my number five is also animal, and and it's a rough one. You don't even see it happen on screen, you but don't. you know, you know, and you cry. Mm. Bambi's mm. Bambi's mother. Mm. When you hear the gun, so bad, and you know Bambi's mom is gone. It's so sad. Yeah, it's yeah. rough. Yeah. It's rough, Bambi's mom. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about Bambi's mom. Nobody wants to talk about she that scene. She was brutally murdered. Yeah. I'm just saying. Everybody, uh, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that scene mm. when they talk about the greatness of Bambi. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, I couldn't – I could not be a Friends fan without quoting Friends and Chandler. Yeah, I got so sad when they stopped drawing the deer. But still, I mean, it's the sentiment. I didn't agree with Chandler at that point. But still, I – you know. I just had to quote friends. No, it's fine. To. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But Bambi's mom. 
That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like staring off into a distance. It's like I, I don't need mom. Bambi's mom. I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just trying to picture it. Bambi's mom. I know. It's like I, I, I was I was young. Yeah. I wasn't grown up and realized no. the drawing. Okay, I know. it was Bambi's mom. I know. It's right. so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> um, number four for me it was oh it's, it was a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker, man, because this was by far my favorite superhero in in the MCU and made Robert Downey Jr. One of my favorite actors of all time, and then going back and watching his previous work, Iron Man and Avengers Endgame. So freaking sad when he, but he had to do it. He had to do it. He had to save everybody because he's fucking Iron Man uh, and Tony Stark. But when he snapped the fingers and freaking, uh, especially when <laughs> Peter Parker comes up to him, he's like, "No, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark." I'm like, "Fuck no!" And then Gwyneth Paltrow fucking pulls Pepper pulls him mm. back, and like, it's just so sad. But really, the most sad, the saddest moment in that film was when fucking Happy was talking to his daughter. It was like. I'll buy you all the cheeseburgers you want. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Heartbreaking. And I love the whole Peter Tony thing because it was a reversal. Remember? It was. Because, because in the in, in the first one, you know, it was him, Peter dying. I don't want to die. I yeah. don't want to die. So it was kind of a reversal yeah. of the death scene there. So and, that was kind of uh, cool. Infinity Warrior. Yeah. And so, you know, oh, pretty so bad. Good. My number four. The fault in our stars when Augustus dies. No one saw that one coming. No, you think it's her going to yeah, die the, the whole, whole time, whole right? Time. The whole time. But it's him. Yeah. Augustus dies. That one shook me. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. It, I mean, that was a rough one to watch. Yeah. It, it was a rough one. It, always hard to watch cancer-type films anyway. And, it is. And what people go through and the loss and, and just all the stuff. That one was rough, though. Augustus just dying like hit me. So yeah, uh, that was a tough one. Oh. So hard, man. So hard. Uh, my number three, one of my all-time favorite movies in general, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm. And I mean, how could you not get sad when Tom Hanks dies? Fucking right. Captain Miller and Saving Private Ryan. I mean, he was the leader the whole time. Just yes. wanting to fucking find the last Ryan brother. Like, and I feel like even though they were hinting at it throughout the entire movie – because you, you, the shake, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you knew something was wrong with him, but you never really kind of were like, nah, he's not going to die. I mean, something's wrong with him, but he's not going to die. And then he dies. And then he dies. And and it wasn't like, even, like, yeah, it wasn't even from the shake. No. He got fucking shot. Exactly. Like, and you're like, what? No. No. I thought with the whole shake, the, oh, excuse me, we were going to see him alive with an old Matthew. Yeah, Damon, exactly. And he maybe PTSD or some kind of a, you know, we were going to see that. <laughs> Well, yeah, because remember they were die. doing like the flash forward scenes where yeah. they're at Arlington. You, yeah, like, you for sure thought that was Tom Hanks, but it was yeah, when no. it was actually yep. fucking Matt Damon. Yeah, mm. I don't know, man. That yeah. was a tough one. Was. That whole movie was tough though. Those, so good. The first opening sequence, just like yeah, storm in the beach. Like, man. Got to be the most realistic war scene I've ever seen. So good. That was so good. Yeah, so good. Uh, my number three. This one kind of really got to me, and then even more so after the death of Robin Williams. But um, Neil in Dead Poets Society. Mm, yeah. <sighs> yeah. That was a tough one, man. All this kid wanted to do was finally follow his dreams, follow his passion. And his teacher inspired him and he said, no, dad, I'm not going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a thespian. I'm going to be, you know, and he, and, and is so heartbroken and, and, and disappointed when, when he realizes he will never be accepted as that. He will never, it will never be okay with his family and kills himself. Yeah. I, it's just heartbreaking and gut-wrenching to me when somebody feels like they have to kill themselves because somebody doesn't believe in their dream or in yeah. their passion. And that just is – so it really 
It, 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 that one hit me. Yeah. That one's Especially like, Especially you know, when it's like suicide. What fucking, I'm surprised you didn't put uh, the Jason Ritter one where, um, what, what's it yeah, about? Yeah, All About Alex. Alex. All about Alex, yeah. Yeah. I, it's always so rough when it's the suicide stuff. It is. It, it's really, it's really difficult to deal with and, and you just, you know, if, it, guys, I don't, I don't know how to say it. If you've got somebody who's inspired and has a dream and has passion, don't kill that. No. Don't, don't, don't kill that, man, because no. you never know. Exactly. You know, that that's, I think, what I take away from that story every time I watch it. And then the irony of Robin Williams taking his own life. Exactly. Because he wasn't as happy as everybody thought he was. Yeah. And it just so, yeah, okay, that got really deep. But I know. I, I told to you, say, we, I told you we might not get through this without crying. Man. I was about to say, sorry for the depressing top five. Yeah, no, we, no. We thought it was really good. But, I mean, you <laughs> we know. We warned you you yeah. would need tissues. We, we warned we you. Did. We did. We did. Uh, number two for me, I mean, spoiler alert for you and little Cam's not even going to listen to this, but Dumbledore and Harry Potter mm. freaking so sad. That's his mentor literally the whole time. He goes through several mentors, but literally Dumbledore has always been there since day one, ever since he was a baby, trying to protect him through like uh, Lord Voldemort and then like the suspicious stuff happening with Snape and just all this stuff. But to actually see him die and by Snape, not a lot of people like realize, but yeah, it, so sad, man. So sad. Mm. Ugh. That's a tough one. Harry Potter, man. I too, um, number two, have a Tom Hanks. Of course you do. My, uh, I mean, because it's, Tom, it's Hanks. Tom Hanks. Exactly. Who doesn't have a Tom Hanks role? Uh, my, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. My top two are very, very personal to me. Same. Um, uh, it's Andrew from Philadelphia. Tom Hanks is, you know, won the Oscar. Uh, you know, Philadelphia just absolutely brutal transformation from healthy guy to AIDS victim to the death from AIDS. Yeah. It's got to be one of the most heartbreaking death scenes I've ever seen. And the whole progression of how he... It, Throughout it's the just, film, it's insane. It's hard to watch. It's extremely hard to watch. At the time, my girlfriend had a relative who had died from AIDS. And so watching her watch it and mm. go through it just really broke me down i was crying on my own just from it but yeah. then having to go through and witness her reliving it yeah. going through the loss of a relative with it it was just really really hard to watch really painful but um to this day still one of my favorite movies of all time it's and great. i think just a brilliant story and portrayal of love i think that deep down philadelphia is a love story yeah and and so it's sad and a horrific death scene but it, a love story yeah I agree, and I mean it starts a conversation too. It does. So it's so good, mm. man. It's so good. Uh, number one for me is Jack from Titanic. Everybody uh. knows. Everybody knows there was room on the raft. There was <laughs> no. room on the fucking door, man. It's, true. It, uh, it's really the symbolism. It's the symbolism of maybe you didn't have to die. Maybe you could have gotten there. Maybe you it could have been someone else. Like it's just yeah, it's absolutely insane. And everybody knows I love Leo. So it's just that one was hard, man. That one was hard. But I have to say, I have to say, and I mean might get a lot of flack from this. I haven't seen Titanic all the way through. I've seen the beginning and I've seen the end. Not the middle. <laughs> I like the naked drawing scene. Never seen that. Never seen that one. <laughs> I know. How does that make sense? It does. The brilliant Victor Garber, yeah. the brilliant Eric Braden, so many phenomenal actors <laughs> that you missed. Just <laughs> missed. Yeah, just even, like, I yep. mean, just great stuff. Wasn't there. Um, okay. Yeah. 
I agree with you though, and uh, again, everybody knows Titanic love story and everything. Yeah, of but I, there's so many elements there. I agree with you. You say I love Leo, so it was hard to watch Leo die. But think about the the element of Leo being the hero, yeah, making the sacrifice. Like you said, everybody knows there was room on the damn door, but he loved her so much he was willing to sacrifice his life to ensure she lived. And so you know, there's so many themes in that movie that make it difficult to watch that scene. Yeah. Um. Good stuff, man. That's a whew, that's a good one. Deep, it's a deep um, top five. I, I, my number one, it's going to show my age it first is. of all, um, because I was about Ricky. Well, I'm the same age as Ricky Schroeder, so I was Ricky Schroeder's age in this film um, when it came out. And like I said, deeply personal to me. I'm talking about the champ with uh, John Voight and Ricky Schroeder when yeah. uh, when Billy, his dad, dies after winning his final fight. And uh, it was literally right after my dad had passed away, less than a year after my dad had passed away. Same age. Uh, so when I see this blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid laying on the chest of his dad, I see me, and my dad had passed, and he's, don't die on me, daddy, wake up, daddy. Like, like It was it. Yeah, I, it broke. Rough. I could not watch. I, I just like obliterated into tears. Uh, to this day, I cannot watch that scene without crying. Immediately brings back that memory. I don't think I will ever. I, in fact, I, I, I try to avoid the film because I know if I watch it, it just brings back so many bad memories, yeah. and it's so painful for me to watch. But it's a brilliant scene. Say what you will about John Voight, you know, politics or not, or however you think about him, not think about him, whatever, or, but that film and that scene with Ricky, just to this day, one of my favorite scenes of all time on film and heartbreaking death. Man. Heartbreaking death. Yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry. We didn't realize, (laughs) we didn't realize that it was going to fucking be like this. I mean, your cat passed away and we're talking about my dad dying and like all these sad things. It's like, but. I know. It's uh, rough, man. It's rough. It's it hits home. It hits home. What movies uh, hit home most for you? Yeah, this that's like, a good because we like we said every week we like to get personal with our fans. Everybody who interacts with us, we want to know. We want to know what movies are the most tragic deaths in the movies for you. Like, yeah. we want to know what characters like because I mean, like we said, we're we like to know about other people's life, we, and we're all just human. Exactly. You know you got a movie that you can't watch without crying. You know you do. So just like let us know. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Know. But if you're watching the top five on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, wipe <laughs> your tears and then ring the bell. And then <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> wipe ring. Wipe <laughs> ring. It's like good. It's all right. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. But now anyway, box office. Box office recap. Yeah. Uh, things have been bouncing back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Wretched back in the top two. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. But The Re- Relic has uh, got a 192000 this week. Yeah. Uh, the Wretched came in with 25000 So, I mean, that one's still rocking and rolling over a million now. So, congratulations to everybody a part of that film. Uh, Followed got 24000 Becky got 21000 And Miss Juneteenth got 12000 Yeah. Which is awesome, guys. Awesome. I'm yeah. super excited. Uh, and like these. like we want to make the VOD on the VOD side of it, like uh, we got it. Scott Old Coffee. Congratulations. Yeah. Number one on iTunes, number one on Fandango yep. now. Breaking so, records, uh, yep, man. Kicking ass on the VOD side because it's not all in the box office, yeah. uh, you know. So, <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> when you make twelve thousand dollars and then you're in the top five, just yeah, you know, you know. 
Uh, but now it is time for the top five segments. And oh, not the top. No, five. <laughs> IMDb Pro. He's segment. still heartbroken. He's I, got a bit pile of it's, tissues. It's, yeah, it's, it's so fun. yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Oh my goodness! But you guys know we love this app. <laughs> Everybody listens. Like, don't go back to the no, top five. Don't, don't do it. it. Don't, don't do it. it. <laughs> oh man! But we're recommending this app to literally anyone and everyone we come in contact with, especially if you're affiliated with the entertainment industry. Yes. Uh, can track the latest stars on the star meter you can track our company crazy and media on the app you can also track us individually and the podcast itself on imdb pro so check it out guys check it out and the number one film for the most trending shit mm, mm. is a eurovision song contest the story of fire saga this is another Will Ferrell movie. A weird one. Yeah. A weird one. I, I don't even know what to say. No, about it. it's like about this couple from a small Icelandic community who are trying to bring fame or recognition to that place by like winning this obscure singing yeah. contest. And the twist is they can't sing. Oh. They're not good. So you take that with what you will. Like it like you want to watch it? Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I, me personally, I'm passing. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I, I said this off air, but I'm I'm really kind of tired of uh, Will Ferrell comedies. Uh, maybe he should try something else. He's a decent dramatic actor. He like, is. I mean, do the whole Adam Sandler route. So I mean, you got your own company. Go for it, man. Like, don't. I feel like he's stuck in his box right now. He and is. I, so I mean, he's he's better than that. He's a great actor. So he should go outside that. Go outside the box and make something great. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, the top trending star is Rachel McAdams. No idea why. Uh, for that film. She's the female lead in, oh, in that film. That's she's why. The, she's the co-singer, if you will. Well, listen, guys. All of this is Netflix. So that should tell you <laughs> that the top like trending shit is on Netflix. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, if you're not subscribed to Netflix, what are you doing? You should be. I know. You Literally, I feel like everyone is by now. You've already watched Hamilton. So now go watch People Who Can't Sing. Exactly. God. Is that how that went down? Uh, like everybody watched Hamilton and then they went over and watched Netflix with it, this Eurovision Or did thing. they watch this first and they were like, fuck, I have to see it. <laughs> yeah, they watched Eurovision like, and said, sign up for Disney Plus. Yeah. We got to watch people who can sing. Like, oh my yeah, you God. Know. I don't know. That's so good. So <laughs> One good. way or another, it went down. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode. Wait, did you say the TV show? You didn't say dark. Yeah, it's dark. I, Dark. I, I mean, I, I referenced it with freaking the TV stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. You know, it's been there for three weeks. You know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 120 where we got a little crazy and a little sad, but thanks for sticking through it. Uh, we got to thank our guest one more time, Scott Alda Coffee. Yes. For coming on the show. Be sure to follow him on the Follow him on Instagram because he's on Instagram but not on Twitter. That's right. Uh, but use the hashtag Scott Alda Coffee uh, to promote this interview because it was so good. And be sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Crazy mm-hmm. Ant Media is everywhere. We got to give a shout out to our Crazy Ant intern. Be sure to follow her, Shelby Armstrong. She's just been rocking and rolling. We appreciate everything she's doing. She has just been killing it with basically everything we throw in her way and so we appreciate you so and much asks for more yeah that's the crazy thing she's this this girl is insane she's she's so passionate
passionate and she's just killing it. And yeah, we love uh, at Crazy Ant Intern. That's right. Follow her. That's right. Follow and her. be sure to follow us both personally, myself at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy nineteen seventy. That's right. That's right, guys. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so many more. Be sure to watch this video on YouTube, like the video, subscribe ring that bell and just all those other amazing things we're putting new interviews up from uh previous shows every week so be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel and listen to those old interviews because they're so fun they are they're so freaking fun and then of course visit our website uh, crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear you know it you love it start rocking it so i mean you know I I think my favorite part about the show today was probably the Amazon section because mm. they I I'm just gonna say it I think they're the most diverse company in Hollywood right now. They are. Yeah. They they are making the most moves. They are doing taking the most chances uh, with diversity and, and 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 it's rocking and rolling. I agree. I agree with you. I I, I enjoyed that part of the show. Um, and obviously. All the Batman superhero news because I'm a total geek. Yeah, um, and I, I really enjoy talking about all that. And uh, and then you know, as as crazy as this might sound, um, the top five. Yeah, you know, it, it was sad and it makes you cry, but then it also brought back memories, and they're not all bad memories exactly. associated with it. So I enjoyed the top five. Yeah, for real, for real. And uh, we also came up with next week's top five uh, top five duet songs. What would you sing in a duet song if you were singing some karaoke? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, guys. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I may or may not have several duet karaoke performances out there to be seen if you yeah. find them. Yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where. Have fun. But uh, they, find them. They, they may or may not exist. Find them. Find them. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know who I would love to sing karaoke oh, with? Oh, the only O oh, that matters! Oprah! Oprah!